Welcome to the Maris Review. I'm Maris Kreisman, and oh, I'm so delighted to be joined today by Jasmine Guillory. She is a New York Times bestselling author. Her novels include The Wedding Date, the Reese's Book Club selection, The Proposal, and By the Book. She's a frequent book contributor on the Today Show. She lives in Oakland, California, and her latest is called Drunk on Love. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yay. I, I feel like it was just yesterday when I went to a pre-pub party for the wedding date. I agree. That was just yesterday, and yet it was just about five years ago now, actually. And things have changed quite a bit since then. Let's only talk about the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let's only talk about the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Drunk on Love is my eighth book, which seems ridiculous. I don't know how it happened. It feels like a fever dream. Yeah. I love it. And um, I feel like, so once I, I started to see you everywhere, and then I started to see rom-coms everywhere. Yeah. There's like a real, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> explosion, it's a, resurgence. Explosion, yeah. resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're my source. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. You know, I think I think part of it is, um, like we've, you know, we as a nation have gone through a lot as a world in the past two years, but like even six years before that even. Um, and so I feel like people started reading romances and romantic comedies and were like, oh, this makes me feel good. The rest of the world, that makes me feel bad. Let's read more books that make me feel good. And so I think publishing realized, oh, there's a market for this and um, has done a better job in both like marketing and, you know, uh, books like that and getting them sort of out into the world and in taking on more books and so and I think like readers have been excited for them I mean there was a huge bump in um in like I I like in March of 2020 that that week that um we all like disappeared into our apartments there was like a like my sales doubled and I was wow. like, oh, okay, we're all, we all, this is, these are the books that we all want to read right now. Like, I certainly was not reading any book that would scare me. Um, and so I think that, you know, things like that, like, it really does make you like want to read something that's going to make you feel good. Yeah. I, I feel like I am often asked for book recommendations on Twitter. And there's always an opportunity to recommend one of your books oh. because people constantly ask for that. And like, yeah, I love a sad book just as much as anyone, but like, yeah, there's really something to be said for books that don't make you actively feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I think there's a difference between like books that give you like the deal with important things that deal with like grief and hardship and, but and can make you sad right mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also don't make me feel bad like those are two yeah. different things right and so sometimes like romances can make you sad but they also can like make you think and bring you joy and all of those other things and I think there are a lot of people who like want to be able to go through all of those emotions in fiction um and like romances really help with that yeah uh, having that happy ending it's, yeah uh, 
it's nice to see it off in the distance and know yes. coming. <laughs> exactly. I think one of my favorite things about Drunk on Love is the wonderful fantasy of having a friend come over and support you by bringing your favorite foods. <laughs> right? Like That was like really I was like okay, the sex is fine. But <laughs> Like sometimes you are having a night where you just like want a friend to come over and bring you your favorite pasta. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, it, it really is a very easy shorthand for food is love, especially when someone knows exactly what, what you need. Exactly. Right. Like I just had this interaction with a friend the other day, like she texted me like, can we have dinner tonight? You know, at a like time when I knew that she was getting to the end of her work day. And I was like, yes, I was just about to text you. What, how do you feel about cheeseburgers? And she was like, I was just going to ask you that. Like, yeah, exactly. We both knew that we needed that right at that moment. <laughs> yeah. And and what a great place. I mean, if you're in Napa Valley drinking great wine and only, I mean, you should have good food to go. On. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tell me about wine and tell me about like learning about wine for this book. Yeah. You know, I mean, my mom has always been big into wine. Um, and so I feel like most of what I've learned about wine, I have learned from my mother, um, which I feel like is a, is a great thing to say about a mom. <laughs> um, and so I've gone to lots of wineries in Napa Valley with her and sort of learned by tasting stuff or seeing what she had around. Um, and so it was a kind of lovely thing to be able to bring that into a book and think about like the wineries that I visited and kind of put all of some of my favorite things of different wineries together into, um, you know, my fake winery in Drunk on Love. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Noble Family Winery. Yes. (laughs) And um, I relate very much to the character of Margot in that she always wears the same black dress on Mondays. (laughs) It's Virgo season now, Jasmine, and I, I, you know, we haven't talked about her birthday, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that is, that's pulled from life because I, when I was like still working a full-time legal job, I wore the same black dress every Monday for a while, like for probably the last two years of it, because it just, I do not like, I do not like mornings. I do not like having to make decisions in the morning. And so just so easy to like, I don't have to think about it. I just put that on. No one ever noticed like, or or if they did, they didn't say anything. Same thing. Right. And it just made life very easy on Mondays. Yeah. That's, it's a real Steve Jobs. Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> And I also love that Margot, of course, um, shares this this winery was left to her by her uncle. She shares with her brother. Um, and one of her rules is that she's never hung over at work. And so I love that we get to see her enjoying drinking. Yes. <laughs> but also like very cognizant of maybe too cognizant. You yeah. Might- <laughs> that that she's like a businesswoman first and yes. foremost right exactly because you know like you own a winery but you don't want to be drunk all the time and so I did and I also didn't want like I didn't want this book to be about like people getting 
actually drunk all the time. Um, and so like, I, you know, want people to be able to like, think about and explore wine without it being like, a, you know, oh, we're just constantly drinking to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> yeah, Which, I, I, I love that, that the title is just like, one letter short of Beyonce, but it yeah. the whole meaning. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> My publishing team and I took a very long time to come up with the title for this book. <laughs> and then once we landed on this, I was like, yes, this is it. This is perfect. <laughs> very, very good. And and so the premise is, you know, Margot is mad at her brother for hiring someone without her approval. And she goes to her best friend's wine bar that night and um meets a handsome man and says let's not talk about work and so, <laughs> so we all know what's going to happen and yet you still make it delicious <laughs> oh, well thank you so much <laughs> tell me about Luke and 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 creating that tension between those two characters even though we knew that the sex was hot from the start. Yeah. Personally. Well, you know, I like Margot was a lot more familiar to me at the beginning. And I had to spend a lot of time kind of thinking through the character of Luke because I knew he had grown up in Napa. I knew he like had left and was coming back. And then I was like, well, why is why has he come back? And so like I sort of in my first draft, I went. I went through a lot of like, maybe it's this way. No, no, maybe it's this way. No. And then once I sort of kind of figured out why he was back in Napa, everything kind of fell into place with Luke and then with like why he would be interested in Margot. And so um, it was kind of really fun for me to kind of think through his character and, and through their relationship. Yeah. And there is also, of course, an element of great fantasy of being really in the rat race like Luke uh, at a job that isn't making him happy yeah and then being able to just escape and just find like the happiness is right yes. there yeah um tell me a little bit more about Napa so you've been a few times but like I love the idea that it's like a really small town and if not like everybody's in the same industry or one of two and so they all kind of know what's up with each other yeah and you know I like Napa is like an hour away from where I live and so that's a place that I go I don't know at least every few months um either like usually just for the day but actually during the pandemic I ended up spending more time there because um a friend of mine has a home up in Napa Valley and so it was like a place that was easy to socially distance because like there was space right. outside and so like I would like be up there with you know my mom and I or friends of mine and I would come and spend time with her and her family and we could all like be outside and hang out and so then like through her and through like kind of being in that community more I really got to know kind of what it was like to actually live in that community as opposed to just visit it um and so that like it it was a kind of like oh yeah our friends own that place or like oh yeah one of my friends works there and it is a 
pretty small and tight knit um, community in each of those cities up in Napa Valley. And and you kind of feel like Margot is bringing the like if if these are all people who are her colleagues, not just her neighbors, then then there's another level of needing to be a businesswoman. Right. And to be like on all the time, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't know, like, you don't know who's watching. You don't know who sees you. Um, you don't know who's paying attention to you because everybody around you, like, is your neighbor, your friend, but also somebody who may refer business to you. And so you have to, like, have all of those relationships at once. Yeah. Um, and and for Margo, like, we find out that she went to business school but it, it's she she feels as though and, and I feel like as readers we know this is not true but she feels as though she doesn't belong at the winery right like that because her brother was kind of always the you know heir apparent right and so she never thought that she was and also in like I, I did you know I talked to people who work in the wine business and there is definitely like a spe- different language that you have to know like other mm-hmm. you know the wine business is different than like working in consulting or whatever and so she feels like she didn't you know she had to kind of work to learn the language when a lot of other people kind of know it right off the bat I mean it, it honestly made like thinking about it that way made me think of like when I first started in publishing right I like I went to this you know, my first like meeting with my publisher and there are all these people there and they're talking, saying things. And I'm like, I understand that the words that you're saying are English. I don't know what any of this means. And I'm just like nodding and smiling. This sounds good. And afterwards I talked to my agent, like that was good. Right. (laughs) But like, I don't, I don't know, you know? And so a lot of it is like every business has their own like special language and Margot feels like she's behind. Yeah. And yet, um, it's something good to remember, uh, particularly after the past couple of weeks in, in the book world in which uh, we've been kind of following <laughs> the DOJ trial and um, learning that not everything is uh, as set in stone as we may we, we may think it Indeed. is. Yeah. But like, it's always good to have someone who like, gets the business yes, <laughs> and, right. like, and 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 is good at marketing and then like the rest y- you learn yeah right um tell me a little bit about Margot and Elliot's relationship because I mean this is something Luke asks about later in the book but I I was really like oh my brothers and I would not be able to handle that kind of right yeah like I one of the things that really interested me about the idea of writing about a, you know, family owned winery is like, how does that work to own, to own a business, first of all, with your family? Um, Because all family relationships, you know, there's always like, well, when I was eight years old, you did this to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so like translate that to like being an adult and having to like negotiate with one another for business stuff which like is hard enough when it's someone that you like are working with when you have different ideas but when it's a sibling like imagine all of those uh, like other feelings that go into it and so especially because Margot and Elliot went into this 
not on purpose. Like it was sort of bestowed onto them and they were forced to kind of go into business together. Like how would that relationship work? How would they do it together? And so I found it really interesting to like think through that relationship and how the two of them would and would not make it work. Yeah. And, and you make it so clear that some of it is just Margot assuming the worst and, yeah. and not really being open to expecting the best from her brother, which I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. I think many of us could understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Luke's situation is is somewhat similar because his mother has owned this inn uh, in Napa for his whole life. And um, he feels like she has a lot of expectations for him. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us think that about our parents, right? That like, they they expect us to you know get married at this time and have a baby at this time and get this job and do that and sometimes it's true but sometimes it's not exactly true and so I think and I think also at the age that Luke is like Luke is in his late 20s I feel like late 20s early 30s is the time when you start to realize that your parents are people and not just your parents. And so, and so Luke is kind of in the midst of figuring that out, you know, that like, oh, she's not just my mom. Like she is a different person and has a life outside of just being a parent. And it, it seems like juvenile to think that you're in your twenties and figure that out. But I think that's the thing that takes a long people a long time to figure out. Oh, I'm still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there, there, there is also this kind of feeling from Luke that he is not willing to um, expect the best from his mother, even right. though she seems like a lovely lady. Yeah. <laughs> or that you don't like, you don't want to disappoint your, you know, your family when they've done so much for you or this or that. And so I think that's something that that I've certainly struggled with. And I think um, many of us have. I mean, I, I couldn't fail to see a little bit of overlap between you and Luke in that you did give up your career to do something else that you're clearly incredible at. And I think is probably making you much happier than your previous. Yes, but also like you, like there there's a long path there, right? Like I remember when I, when I first told my parents um, that I had a book deal, they were both sort of like, that's very exciting. Oh, romance, really? Oh, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> but but I wasn't, I like wasn't sure how they would react to that. I mean, I certainly had, I was older than Luke and I certainly had an easier time of it than he did. But I think we all deal with that. Like how will, how will my parents react to this? Even, even if you have a good relationship with your parents, like, I think it, it's one thing if you have a difficult relationship with them, but like sometimes a great relationship is also it's difficulty because you don't want to hurt them or disappoint them or make them think differently of you, you know? And so those are kind of things that Luke struggles with throughout the book. Yeah. And, and I do feel like, and maybe this is just me. So tell me, but, um, I do feel like the tech industry is specifically made for parental um, fantasy almost in that they, they're they not entirely sure what goes on. Yes. But right. 
but people seem to find um emotional and spiritual fulfillment and riches <laughs> right like like i mean no one could i have lots of friends who work in tech i don't i don't know what any of them do um but you know everybody recognizes the name of their company and i think that's the like with parents it's like oh they work for you know what you know and oh, yeah. there are all these places but what do they do i mean i don't, I don't know <laughs> but but is it that, but isn't this impressive that they you know and yes it is impressive but there is so much other stuff that, than just the the title or the you know, name of the company that you know the all the things in the cafeteria whatever Absolutely. You have to actually yeah. do the work every single yeah. day yeah. <laughs> and interact with all of the people. At your exactly. Interact with all the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I love about Margot and Luke's dynamic, of course, is that um, she thinks it's a big deal that she's like five and a half years older than he is. And as someone who is six and a half years older than my husband, I just think it's so sweet. And and I think we're so hung up on age when we're yeah. younger. Yes, absolutely. And I think also that's a, like, I think the women being older is definitely a thing that people get much more hung up on oh, than yeah, men being sure. older. And so that was like something that I thought was, would be really interesting about their relationship and like the, would other people judge her for that, you know? Um, like, I don't think she doesn't see anything wrong with him, but like, is it, will he think this is a big deal? Will other people think this is a big deal? Like, I think she's thinking a lot about the rest, how she's perceived. Right. And, and, and that seems to be like a, a major theme, which is like, it's, it might actually end up being just fine and no yeah. one cares, but um, I'm also a Virgo. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um and I even like the idea that that there is this party that she's planning for the winery. And it's it's such a big deal to her. And of course it's a big deal. Like it's this is her work and she takes a lot of pride in it. And she also kind of treats it like it's the make or break of her entire life. Yes. Tell me when, about when it's, you know, yeah. And I think the I, I think also there are a lot of moments when we do that. And when I look at, you know, just for me personally, like when I look back on my publishing career, there are definitely times that I remember like stressing so much about something that I don't even remember what that was now, <laughs> you know? And I think there are certain things that we all kind of can kind of put as this is the thing that if I succeed, I will succeed forever. And if I <laughs> fail, I will fail forever. And life is never like that yeah um and so and so I like as a as a fellow type a person like Margot um I often can kind of build up things in that way uh does it help me to remember that I do that no, no of course not <laughs> whatever your brain is not. saying doesn't really no. matter yeah you. and and so she definitely does this she feels like if she plans exactly right she can get it perfect She's a great planner and, and it's really fun to watch her plan. Oh, to think well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> even just like, again, we're back to food, but I love the idea that we could like see her sampling the food and, yeah. and asking her um, colleagues to do the same. Yeah. <laughs> 
and so I don't want to give anything away, but, but there does come a time when perhaps, and, and not very, uh, it doesn't take very long for, for Luke to no longer be her employee. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, that I did not want, you know, in a, in a book that was a boss employee situation, like there was never, like, I never wanted heard across any lines mm-hmm. um but it's a romance i wanted the yeah. two of them to get together so <laughs> yes and and even as they're working side by side in the winery for, for when they do you you make it very clear it's it's a it's a real like um kind of savoring the pent-up uh sexual tension until yeah. like you're just working towards that release yes it was a lot of fun to write those scenes <laughs> and it also seems like aside from the sex which again very very good um <laughs> that luke is the kind of person that a type a kind of woman needs yeah i mean for me in in writing a romance, the most important thing for me is thinking, figuring out who the characters are and and then, and thinking like, well, what, what would cause this person to fall in love with that person and vice versa? Like how, how and why would these two people come together and decide that like they, they have a good relationship and they fall in love with one another. And so I, that, like, that was something that I really thought about with Luke for Margot and Margot for Luke. Um, and I, I wanted them to like compliment one another and like be good for one another and soothe one another in kind of the, in, in, during the hard times and, and be good for one another during the good times as well. And so I am glad that you thought that about Luke for Margot. Yeah. Um, and she, of course, is yes. She she is also good for him, um, and and seemingly um, th- their initial fear fears of you know committing too quickly or saying out loud the things they're feeling inside. That's another part of the pent upness that that yeah. demands to be released by the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's so wonderful um jasmine this has been a delight um before i'm so excited to talk to you yay please recommend some books for us okay i've got a few um i am currently in the midst of on the rooftop by margaret wilkerson sexton it comes out um in september i am loving it i mean i i have loved her previous books too so that is not a surprise to me but it is about um a a mother and three and her three daughters um living in san francisco in the 50s um and you know they're the daughters are singers the mother is their manager and they're sort of making decisions about their lives and it is great so far um I also really loved Alicia Rye's book that comes out in October it's called Partners in Crime it is a great romance I love her books because they there's so much about like character and family and relationships in a really like deep way that makes me think um this one is very much a kind of like 
adventure story, like the two of them get kidnapped at the beginning and they're working their way out of it, but also they have a previous relationship and they're trying to figure that out. And it's funny and also like kind of stressful. It was kind of stressful for me. I was like, are the two of them going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a delight to read. Um, And then I also really loved Julia Whelan's book that came out this summer. Thank you for listening. Um, I, you know, anyone who listens to audiobooks has listened to Julia. And this was like such a lovely story. It's about an audiobook narrator. Um, I, you know, it, you, you, people will probably listen to it instead of read it it was just a joy um so either way you experience it you should you should read that book I love that Jasmine it's almost like you do this professionally (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) such a pleasure drunk on love drunk on love yay thank you yeah thank you thank you for listening to the Maris review and check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today and please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts